0: And uh, we'll see how this long this lasts, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe four weeks, maybe fifty two weeks I don't know it might go right into Christmas. but if you have your Bibles, let's go into first Peter chapter two, verse number four. hallelujah, First Peter two and four. let's all stand in honor of the word of God as we read verse four to oh. Let's read all the way through to verse 10. The Bible says, Coming to him as to a living stone. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, not not dead stones that somehow sometimes we feel on a Sunday morning, lumped on your seat. (laughs) Living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in this scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are, everyone say, you are, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people but now are the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Amen. We're starting this series called Churchology. Churchology. That's not a real English word. I don't think. I don't know if that's in the Oxford Dictionary but just to make it uh, a little bit more understandable than ecclesiology which is the study or the the subject of the church. We want to talk about the church for the next few weeks. Amen. Would you pray with us one more time? Let's ask God to bless us, to speak to us as we tune in our spiritual ears to receive. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what we felt here today. We pray, Lord, that your word would uh, come forth, Lord God, as you anoint your servant. Your people, Lord, let there be hearts and ears to receive. For your word, Lord God, is forever settled. So let the living word preach the written word. Let the rima breathe life into the logos and let it do its perfect work. Let it stir our hearts and encourage. Let it bring conviction and understanding and instruction. And we shall forever give you glory and honor. We praise you, our mighty God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time to the Lord? Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. Amen. The last 20 months uh, has done much to uh, shake up, Our worldviews. Much of what we understand about the world and about governments, about big pharma, uh, about church, about life, has been challenged uh, over the last uh, 20 or so months. And uh, while we were forced to close the doors to the church, we did come to appreciate that we could still have some level of connectivity online. And uh, while we were trying to be good citizens, we, we couldn't have people here uh, for a long time. And it was very difficult for some of us. It was a challenge for us to, to watch and to join in by live stream. But still, we had something. It's better than nothing, right? Uh, better than, what, 100 years ago when they had the Spanish flu, they didn't have any of that. And so we are thankful but to a certain degree, I believe that our perspective about church ha- has been sort of shaken up, it has been challenged, and we are seeing a different angle, a different perspective to what church means. And, and statistics, I think, in the United States with the Barna, Barna group, they, they showed that after the initial lockdowns were finished in the United States that um, many, many people did not go back to church. They did not return. And I don't know what the reason why. Perhaps it could be that they had gotten used to uh, just joining in from the bedroom and linking into church by live stream. And I'm not really sure. And and for some of us, we're also experiencing that in this church. And uh, while, again, as I said, I appreciate the fact that we were able to still have something, it is not the ideal. This is not what God had intended we did it knowing that this was only a, for a temporary measure, that it was not going to be forever. If they told us we had to do this for an extended period of time, I might have just gone down there yesterday to George Street and picketed and protested. It's our right to exercise the freedom of religion, yes, but, but we have to also exercise caution. We have to be wise. And so church has taken a hit. There are many who have had struggles with, with the position that, that we've taken. There are many that who, who say, we're not doing enough, and some who say, we're doing too much, and, and it's, it's been a, a challenge for many of us. And I think church, uh, for some people, those of you that are here today, there may be some who have had bad experiences in church. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, but uh, there are many who have had negative experiences as well as, as some good and rich experiences, and sometimes some of these experiences are, are exacerbated by a lack of wisdom or uh, I guess maybe a lack of better punctuation or grammar, uh, like uh, church signs. Ever see some church signs at, uh, and some of the churches? They'll have some cute signs. We've got some church signs here uh, that I'd like you to see. Maybe we can put that up real quick. Some of the church signs that you see uh, around the churches can sort of uh, reveal some things about church it so says, don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. Amen. Uh, we, we, know what, we know what they're trying to say, but if you kind of read that the wrong way. Uh, the next, next slide. Uh, we love hurting people. Amen. Again, we, we know what they're trying to say. We love people that are hurting. We don't love to hurt people. Okay, uh, next slide. Do you know what hell is like come this Sunday and hear our preacher? Yeah. You can see that's... Not, amen. And, and finally, one, one more slide. Here it is. Staying in bed and shouting, Oh, God, does not constitute going to church. Uh, but But I think somehow this is... Uh, some of us, some of the experiences of people, misunderstandings and misreadings of one another, uh, it's caused some, some negative ex- experiences for some people. And uh, but But remember that the church is made up of people that are not perfect. Amen. And that's why somebody said the church is a perfect place for imperfect people. Amen. This is not a place where there are... Uh, uh, perfect angels that reside. It is not a place where you have automated robots in the church, but the church is filled, it is comprised of people that are not perfect. Amen. Amen. And, And so despite... Uh, some of the negativity sometimes, because we're still humans. We still have hang-ups, and some of us still have chips on our shoulders, and, and we can rub each other the wrong way at times, and we can tread on each other's toes. But despite all of that, I want to remind you that the church is created by God, that it is God who ordained the church. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, after Peter got the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said to Peter, upon this rock, you are Peter, and upon this rock, upon the revelation of who Jesus is, he said, I will build my church. Amen. It's not our church. It's not my church. It's not the United Pentecostal Church. It is Jesus' church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I tell you today, brothers and sisters, that pandemics have come and gone, wars have come and gone, 2002 millennia of man's history have come and gone, and I want you to know that the church is still here, the church of the living God still stands. In fact, it was here before you and I got here, and should the Lord tarry, it will still be here when we're gone. And I've come to preach to you today that God's method, that God's mechanism, his plan, his purpose to reach a lost and dying world is through the church of the living God. And I know that there'll be troubles, and I know that sometimes we'll offend each other, and we'll say things to each other that may hurt one another. But, oh, I've come to remind you that this is exactly what God has ordained from the very beginning. Hallelujah, we might have a nice building and we've got the internet and we've got equipment and lights and sound and and we can broadcast online and that's wonderful. And let me remind you, but it's still the plan of God. It is still the way by which God is gonna reach this world. There is no plan B, we are it. This is it. Hallelujah, and you've come to the right place this morning. You've come to the right. This is the best place that you could be. Today is the best day of the week. Why? Because this is where the church gathers. Hallelujah. This is where the church gathers together. Praise God. Amen. And I, and I get it. I know those of you that perhaps you've had some, some poor experiences, as I said, in church. Because there's still folks in there. And that's what the beauty of the church is, is because it's filled with imperfect people. That it's open to everybody. That whosoever will. It doesn't matter what color, what culture, what what language, what nation. The church is for whosoever will. It's for... Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter the life that you lived. If you're hungry, if you so desire, if you want to, you can be a part of the kingdom of God. You can belong. You can be a part of the church of God. There's always room for one more. There's always room for somebody else to join the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah, that's why Jesus said he gave us no other plan, but he said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said make disciples of all nations. Who's going to do that? The church? Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Amen. It doesn't matter what shape the brick is. But you, you, will fi- you can fit in the temple. That's the text that we read with Peter. And the, the text that says that we are living stones with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. He, he's the main piece. Amen. And you say, well, I don't know. You don't know my life. My, sh- my, my shape is all bent and all misshapen. Listen to me. If you come to God, if you give yourself to him sincerely, you fit exactly where you fit in the body of Christ. It, it will make room for you. Hallelujah. And if you don't know him today, if you don't know, you've come to the right place. Because the Bible tells us that it's through the body of Christ, it's through his church, it's through the preaching of the gospel that we save some that believe. Amen. So if you don't know him, you can know him today. Praise God. You can be saved today. God sent us here. We've, we've gathered here to preach to you, to encourage one another, but to also preach to you how you, what you must do to be saved. He said, except, Jesus said to, to Nicodemus, except a man is born again of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There's something powerful about that. Because something powerful, when you give your life to Jesus and you repent of your sin, accepting him as your Lord and Savior and what he did on the cross, repenting of your sin, that means changing your mind. And you get baptized. The Bible says we are baptized into Christ. Something wonderful happens. Your sins are washed away. And then he gives to us the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, but you know what that does? The Bible tells us it does something more than give us little goosebumps at the back of our neck. It does something more than fill us with joy. The Bible says that we are baptized into the one body. When you get the Holy Ghost, you become a part of the one body of Jesus Christ, and we become a family. Oh, hallelujah, we become one. We become connected and united together. When you get the Holy Ghost, you are united with the rest of the body of Christ, and you become a part of the church of the living God.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Glory to God. Amen. And he uses the church to bring salvation to folks. Amen. Yeah, I know there's some people here with this, this false understanding, this, this notion that's a lie. To say, well, I, you know, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to listen to no preacher, and I don't have to get together with a bunch of hypocrites for me to get God. I can get God at home. I, I can talk to him. Yeah, you can talk to God everywhere, everywhere you are. You, you, can, you can reach him wherever you are. It, there's no limit to God. But listen to me, that's a lie. God called us into community. He called us into fellowship, into a body. And when you reject the church, you reject Christ. When you reject the body, you reject the head of the body. Amen. That's what, that's what Jesus told, told the soul on the road to Damascus. He said, Soul, you're kicking against the Every time you, you persecute the church, you're kicking against something that's going to hurt you. You try to come against the church, it's going to be hurting you. Why? Because you're coming against God Himself. Oh, I, I know we're nothing special. I know we're just ordinary people, but we've got an extraordinary God. That means we become an extraordinary body of Christ. Oh hallelujah! Glory to God! Oh yes, for the body is not one member but many members. Amen. Praise the Lord! And if one thing that this pandemic has highlighted—that's so prevalent in our world—is is that there is a parallel pandemic to this COVID pandemic. It was a, a pandemic or a disease that was here before COVID maybe even after COVID, and that's, it's prevalent in our society, and that is the disease of of loneliness, of being alone, and God created this world. He created mankind. When he said, when he created everything in the world, he said, that was good. He said, that's good. The trees, the the elephants, and, and the lions, it's good. The seas, the Pacific Ocean, all the fish and sea That's amazing. That's good. The first time God said it was not good, it was when he saw Adam, that Adam was alone. He said, it is not good that man should be alone. And so he put Adam in a deep sleep, took out one of his ribs. Incidentally, did you realize that you have on one side of your rib cage, you have more ribs than the other? Did you realize that? Yeah, check it out. Count it. I don't know if you can. Well, some of you may need an x-ray, but some of us. He took one of his ribs, and he formed Eve. And when Adam woke up from that sleep, and he saw the form of Eve, he was, he was blown away. He said, whoa, man. Whoa, man. He called her. Yes. Thank God he made Eve. Because if he made Steve... I'd be like, take me now, Jesus. Aren't you, brethren, come on, somebody. What a miserable world it would be, right? If it was just all men. If it was just all men. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But God saw a need. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. There's something not good, there's something negative, there's something detrimental to humanity if we are by ourselves. That's why, from the very beginning, God called a people. Even when He called Adam and Eve, and even after they sinned, He said to them, Replenish the earth and create a people, make a people. Even when when God had to destroy the world with the flood of Noah, he told Noah and his whole household that they were to start again, start a new race, a new family. When God called Abraham, Abraham, I'm calling you at his old age to be a father of not just a couple of kitties, but to be a father of many nations. Why, God always has a people. He always has a group. When he called Moses from, from the backside of the desert, that's what the King James tells us. He called Moses to free and liberate an entire nation of the Israelites. Why? Because it's not just about the individual, it's about the people. God wants oh hallelujah can I remind you what you were standing in the Bible tells us on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out it wasn't just one individual but it was a hundred and twenty in that upper room that the Spirit of God fell and filled all that were sitting and it spilled out onto the streets and in one day in that place 3,000 souls were added I want you to know God has called us. He's called us into community. Come on, somebody. I know we can have church alone by ourselves at times, and we had to watch on live stream. I know, but listen to me when we gather together, there's a power that's released. Hallelujah. There's a power that's released. This is what's so remarkable, remarkable about this whole concept about the church is, is that, that anybody can be a part of it. Whosoever will. Living in a world that is so alienated and, and, and separated. So everything is catered to the individual. So you got your own your own personal computer, personal. It's not a communal computer. Your device is designed just for you. In a book by Sherry Turkle, in a book called Alone Together, Sherry Turkle, she, she depicts in there, she, she talks about how so much of our society now with, with the, the onset of technology and devices, that we are more connected now than ever before. We, we have so much more help for our jobs. We can email. We were able to work from home, right, the last couple of years. And yet, she says, statistics show that we are more stressed now than ever before. And we are connected more now than ever before through social media. And yet, she says that we are more lonely than ever before. You know, she's saying that there's a whole generation that that's, was born, and as soon as they could learn anything, they already had a device in their hand. That's all they've ever known. She says that uh, this device, with a lot of the younger generation, it's almost become, the, the phone has become a part of their bodies. It's an extension of their anatomy. That, that to, to many, they actually sleep with their phones. I mean, how many of you sleep with your phones on you? Don't have to show you. And you can have thousands of friends, she says, on, on social media, connected. You Remember the days when, when, you know, you finish high school, and then you get a letter in the mail, and it says, oh, you're having a 20-year anniversary of your high school. I don't know if they do that anymore, because I, I'm, I'm connected to my high school friends already. I already see what they're up to. But here's what she's saying. She said that that connection, that connectivity online, it actually gives a false reality he said it's not a real connection because it lacks intimacy and we were designed for intimacy we were created to to be known and for us to know somebody else that's what God designed us and created us for and we're getting into a generation where it's all about just likes I've got so many comments and and where life your social life is literally just limited to a little screen on your hand and there is real no real knowing that's why there's a real loneliness that's saturating our world amen can I tell you thank God for devices I, I you know I'm on social media I've got them but but listen to me we cannot replace or substitute a real fellowship a real connection that's what God designed the church for he created us not just to come once a week and and pay do our dues and you know oh, I've done my bit I'm out of here no we, he can't Called us together into a fellowship, into and you cannot grow. You cannot grow spiritually by yourself, but it can only you can only grow and develop spiritually in the atmosphere and the environment of the Church of the Living God. Hallelujah, that's why in a couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating all nations from every kindred, every tongue, every nation. Oh, thank God, it will be like that in heaven, I do believe. Oh, but everybody's welcome. It doesn't matter where you're from. Hallelujah. There is this emphasis so much on individuality, and and, and I'm not saying we lose... Our individuality we don't lose our, our, our rights as an individual but God called us to, to be accountable to one another the Bible says iron sharpens iron and, and there is a, a, a blessing that's in store for the church of God you cannot grow independent the you know John Dunn wrote a poem he said no man is an island entire of himself, but we're all, I can't remember quite the words, it's much more eloquent than that. He says, but we're all part of the continent, a piece of the continent. We're all part of Europe. That's he was referring to the, the European continent. And we are connected together by virtue of the Spirit of God. The Bible says in First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, tells us, Paul says to Timothy, I'm writing to this to you so you know how to behave yourself in church. We, we learn how to behave. When I came into this, I was 19 years old, hooked on drugs and alcohol. I didn't know how to behave. I see all these people clapping, but I could see the joy in their faces. I could see tears coming down their eyes. And somehow in the process, something within me changed. I, I looked at the folks in the church and said, these are not the folks I go clubbing with. They're not my style. They, they dress pretty daggy and they... Yet God has called me to this family. I didn't realize it at the time. But the church was responsible for me changing. For me beginning to grow. for for not, Not just from the preaching of the word of God, but from rubbing shoulders with my brothers and sisters. For me spending time with them and sometimes for my brothers and sisters hurting me by something they said or something they did and I'm, i'll tell you now many times i feel like well i'm not going back to that church look at that, that that person and then god spoke to me and convicted me said you didn't go to church for that person you come to church for me you've got to make up your mind Whatever they said to you, they didn't go to the cross for you. Only one went to the cross for you. They didn't die for you. Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could be saved. You belong. This is God's body. This is God's family. This is the temple of God. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 Timothy 3.15, it says, the house of God, it says, which is the church, if you could put it up there, 1 Timothy 3.15, it says, watch this, how you conduct yourself in the house of God, this is the house of God, which is the church of the living God. God's alive, folks. And it says, the pillar and the ground of truth. You want to know where truth is preached? It's in the church of the living God. It's among God's people. Hallelujah. Amen. I know sometimes we will say something. We will. I'll tell you right now, if you're new here, I will offend you. I'm just making a disclaimer right now. I don't mean to. I'm sorry. Sometimes I'll put you to sleep with my sermons. Sometimes I may hurt you with the sermons. Sometimes I may not say hello to you in time. I may not end up being able to go to your birthday party, your child's birthday party. And that goes the same for everybody. We will hurt each other and disappoint one another. But we are family. And just because your child makes a mistake, I say, well, sorry, sorry, Cohen, uh, you messed up. You, you're out of here. Get out of the house. You don't do that. Just because we hurt each other and disappoint one another, sometimes we don't kick each other out. We we don't we don't hurt each other. We don't we don't leave. But we stay committed to the family of God. We stay united. Why? Because this is God's church. It's His body. And you cannot grow without the body of Christ. Amen. You. Sp- I'm lost for words today. I've, I've got so many directions to take this message. I, I better stick to my notes. I'm sorry. I, I know you all want to go to lunch. The message, the title of this message is called Gather. Okay, let me get to my introduction now. God has called us to gather and yes, I would rather at times stay in bed on a Sunday morning when it's raining and just watch online, but that's not gathering. I'm sorry that, that 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 met a need at a certain time, but that's not the ideal. That's not what God wanted us to do. He wants us to gather together. Something happens when we, when we connect together. It's more than just a like on Facebook. It's more than just a, how many friends you have. But, but there's something that's met when we are united together. In fact, the word community comes from the word common. We have all things in common. And, and that's exactly what they did after the day of Pentecost. What did they do? Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse, verse 40, 42. Here's what they did He said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. Verse 46. Yes, watch this. This is after the 3,000 soul revival. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. They went to church every day. They went to the temple. And then they also went from house to house. They, They were having kebabs. They were eating pizza, pita baklava's, every day, they didn't say, some Say, well, you know, it's just about, you know, we can have church in a home. So yeah, of course you can have church at home. But, but they got together. They were together in the temple. They gathered together as well as the small groups. Why? Because there's a blessing in store. Remember what Jesus said. He said where two or three are gathered together in my name. Jesus was covering though the, the small churches that are just starting out. Maybe it's just only two or three. But he said, That's all you need. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. What did he promise? He said, I am in the midst of them. There's about two or three hundred here today. So God is here. Jesus is in our midst. Oh, hallelujah, I don't know how many times when I was discouraged, when we were alone, we prayed for healing and nothing happened, yet somehow when we came to the house of God, when we were surrounded with fellow believers, God healed me, God strengthened me, he encouraged my life. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and don't believe the lie that says, well, I, I don't like this church. I'm going to find a better church. I want to find a perfect one. Listen, if you find the perfect church, don't go. Don't go to it. Because then it won't be perfect anymore. There's no perfect church. You say, well, I'm just going to retreat to my family. We're just going to have church. Is your, is your family perfect? Any any perfect families here? Raise your hands. Say, well, you know, forget my family. I'm just going to have church by myself. Are are you perfect? Your life's. your Internet might drop out. Even your devices aren't perfect. You know, in that book I was reading, it's fascinating. She's saying there's a, there's a, a group of people that are opting to have relationships now with AI, you know, artificial intelligence, with robots. Yeah, they're creating these robots. Many years ago, they created this robot to be a companion, a sexual companion for a man. They, they, and, and the reason why is because they've grown up with this false reality of being in front of the screen. You know, they had those games like The Sims or whatever and Civilization where you can create your own civilization. You can, I can create Stanley Land. I'm, I'll be the hero. I'll be the king of my land. Oh, this is Amazing. They, they, they have this false, they, they create avatars. You know what an avatar is? They, they, uh, their personality online. And, and the avatar, you can make it however you want. I, my avatar will have abs. My avatar is going to be, can, can, can dunk on a basketball. But people are opting for that kind of reality at the expense of real connection and intimacy. That's why God created, called the church, which the Bible says he purchased with his own blood. Not only does it create accountability for us, but there is a companionship, a brotherhood that that helps us and leads us, that shows us a way that that I thought I had it all correct. I thought I had it right, and then I came to church, and, and my pastor and my brother said, no, that's the wrong way. You can't do it that way. I needed the church for me to learn what it means to live holy and righteous, Can I tell, I got the Holy Ghost in church. I was baptized. I didn't find that out for myself. I didn't have some great revelation on my own. I came to the house of God, and somebody preached the word of God to me, and I was saved.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Glory to God. So have your robots if you want to. That's why you know said there's, there's a generation now. Back in the day, remember when before the mobile phones, we used to have those dial telephones, and, and and that was our only means of communication. And back then, when we were young, when the phone would ring, everybody would get up with excitement, "Ah, oh, somebody's calling!" And we're all fighting who's going to answer. I'm mean, going. Let me get that. Nowadays, if you still have a landline, nobody picks it up. Oh, the the message will get that. I Or somebody rings a doorbell. We were the first one to run nowadays. Somebody rings the doorbell. Unless it's Uber Eats. Funny how how life has changed. How times have, have been transformed. Now people don't even know how to have a conversation. Now there's some people that get angry like, why are you calling me? Can't Can't you text? How many of you are like that? That's, yeah. Texting is perfectly acceptable means of communication. Why can't you text? And, and the, you're, you're watching, the, it's calling. Why is she calling me? Like, and you don't answer. Oh, I'll, I'll just leave it. We're, we're living in a techni, techni, uh, technological saturation in our world. And yet lonelier than ever before alienated, and isolated more than ever before. And that's where the church comes in, folks. You want to know what the greatest fundamental human need is? The greatest fundamental human need that we have is the need for belonging, to feel like we belong somewhere. I'll be honest with you. When I first came to this church, I didn't feel like they made me feel like I belonged here. They looked at me like, what do you want? Not everybody. Not everybody. Just a a couple of people. But that one or two persons had a huge impact on me. And my flesh was looking for any excuse not to come to church. Aha! I found the excuse. The way that he looked at me. Said, you come here for the girls? That's what they asked me. I, I was hooked on drugs, folks. No, I said the girls came here for me. No, I'm just kidding. I said that. I felt like saying that, I felt like saying that. I didn't, that was before Sister Robin came to church. You know what, I, I used that, that person's attitude towards me as an excuse to leave the church. And I left the church, I backslid, I went back. I was only in church for a couple of months. Now you gotta remember, I was smoking drugs every day. I was doing drugs every single day for a couple of years. And so I, I, my mind was not Christian. I was so messed up. And so he just took one little person to say, and I said, oh, man, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm out of here. And so I found the reason, and I, I accumulated all of these excuses why I can't go back to church. And, and so I've, I found myself a year later coming back to the Lord. And even then, when I came back, it, just, it, was, it was a struggle, and I kind of in and out a little bit for the first, first year or two. And, and, but you know what? Even that, at that time, I understood something. I said, if I can just keep coming to the house of God. I'm, I'm going through issues right now. I'm still battling addiction right now. But but I, something in me told me, if I can just get to church, I, honestly, I would sit in the back row, the last row, with my arms folded because, you know, I was hard and I was staunch, you know. Like, uh, I mean, ha- half the guys in here could squash me anyway, but I'll sit in the back with attitude, even though I didn't have my mind right, yet something inside me told me that this was the place. If I can just get here. If if I can just drag my carcass to church, even though I wasn't living in the victory, Brother Merv, even though I wasn't I wasn't victorious and I wasn't free, yet somehow, some way I knew and and within the process of time, I made my way from that old of that last row all the way down to an old-fashioned altar. And somehow God delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from sin. He set me free. Sister Mary, he put a song in my heart. He put joy in my spirit. He gave me a purpose. My purpose was realized among the church. I didn't even realize, Sister Tia, I didn't even realize I I had a purpose until I came to church. I got the Holy Ghost here. I got, well, well, watch, 100, Psalms 133, if you'd get that for us. Oh, I, I don't care about these people. Oh, they, oh they're not educated. Or, or they're, you know, they're, they're from that, that kind of background. It doesn't matter. Watch what he says. One of the shorter Psalms, three verses. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then he compares what that's like. What's it like for brothers to be united? I'm not saying we've got to have exactly the same theology in every issue. And, that, and that's what that's one thing that this pandemic has done has polarized the church. And, and, and we can't let that. The devil would want nothing more than to divide the church over something like this. I don't, even want to, I don't even want to use that word anymore. I'm so sick and tired of using that word. It's buried under the blood of Jesus. But he says... When brethren come together in unity, here's what happens. He said, it's like the precious ointment. The oil that ran upon the head, that ran down upon the beard, from the head to the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of the garments. When, when they anointed their priests in the Old Testament, it wasn't just a little dabble of oil. They took a whole pot of oil, and they would begin to pour until it would run from the head down to the beard. You don't have a beard, just to you. Know. <laughs> and all the way down to the to the, the the skirts of the garments to the very edge that means it wasn't just a little dabble of oil there was a saturation of oil there was an absolute baptism of oil when we are united when we come together on a sunday morning and there's a unity and we love one another there's an oil that begins to flow in this house there's a saturation and the oil represents the holy spirit Amen. That's why there's a power. That's why, yeah, I can sing my heart's content. In fact, when I'm singing and worship by myself, I I win Australian Idol. I win Australia's Got Time, The Voice. That's in my shower, of course. Amen. But when we come together and we sing those songs and we begin to worship, you've got to understand that there's a saturation that takes place. That's why we feel a little freer. Oh, I don't dance like this when I'm at home. Oh, I don't shout like this when I'm at home. We feel a little bit more liberated. There's a burden that lifts off us when we come together. Why? Because of this. Watch verse number three. He says this, as the dew of herm. You know dew that covers the grass? Again, Saturation. There's a cover as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion for there, watch this, there, the Mount Zion and and the church is considered Mount Zion. For there the Lord commanded. Hallelujah. He commanded. He didn't just suggest. He just didn't say just maybe, but he commands the blessing even life evermore when we come together in unity when we gather as a family yes sometimes it might be the same old songs i admit sometimes i I don't always get it right and i will put you to sleep and somebody said i will cure your insomnia yes sometimes that does happen but when we gather together something powerful takes place he commands the blessing there's a blessing in store Hallelujah that's why when you come and pray that's why somebody people get the holy ghost in our services that's why people get healed oh, I, I prayed for my headache at home and never went but when I went to the house of God they laid hands on me why because there is a blessing that's commanded for the people of God and today you can get the holy ghost speaking in tongues today you can be healed whatever your need is he is commanded blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I've never heard the audible voice of God, and I'm wrapping this up. I know people have heard the audible voice of God, and that's wonderful, and I've prayed and said, God, speak to me. Show me, but in in over 20-something years of ministry, so much of, of what I've seen and do, it's not because God sent a neon sign and said, hey, turn left here, it's when I came to church. It's when I heard from the preacher. It's when I heard from, from my brothers and sisters that God spoke to me. That's why church should be a priority. And you know, that there's a that cute saying, you know, we, we always just say, and I've said it many times, that we, we don't just go to church, we are the church. We be the church. We don't go to church, we be the church. That's not proper English, but... That's not in the Bible. The Bible commands us, don't forsake the assembling, the gathering of yourselves. I think it's just Austria that shared it last week. The gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some is. and says before that, provoking one another to love. There, there's a, a power, a blessing that's commanded just from us getting together. That's why you ought to always prioritize it. Musicians, you can come out. I've got to write this up. There's more to come in the coming weeks. I'm excited about this. Churchology. It's not a proper word, but oh well. So, so often we want God to just come down, show us. I remember Sister Billette, Margaret Belette, our former missionary, told us she was here a couple of weeks ago. Her and her husband, many, many years ago, a couple of decades ago, felt the call to be a missionary in the island of Kiribati. Thankfully, we have now a missionary, a Fijian missionary who's in Kiribati who started the work there, and we're involved in that. But her and her husband wanted to go to Kiribati. And so they approached the executive board, the overseas missions board of the UPCA, and they said, this is where we feel a call. But the board said to them, that's wonderful but we've got a need in Indonesia the island of of and Jayapura and and they didn't hear from God but they simply obeyed the elders Are the elders perfect by all means no are the elders absolutely yeah they're men of integrity don't get me wrong they are faithful men not perfect but they said we want you to go to Indonesia so brother and sister Ballette packed up their things, they flew over to Jayapura, it's, it's that part that's the island of, of Papua New Guinea it's the Indonesian side, you know that island that looks like a dinosaur, ever see that right at the tip there, is it tip right right, yeah and the second day they were there, brother Belette died second day they were there, had a heart attack and died And the executive board, the Overseas Missions Board would have looked at each other and said, okay, I guess that was a mistake. We missed it. And listen, we can miss it sometimes. Why? Because we're humans. It doesn't mean God is not with us anymore. It doesn't mean God doesn't anoint us and empower us. We can miss it because we're humans. And and after they buried Brother Billet, Sister Billet went right back to the executive board, to to the Overseas Missions Board, she said this. She said, I want to go back by myself. So they sent her back to Jayapura. Started work. She got a job at a computer uh, teaching school, teaching computers and building a church. By the time she left, about ten to twelve years later—so twelve years, ten years—there was a thriving church in Jayapura. A building. Pastor Oyang is there. She went on to Jakarta. Became still a missionary. Started a Bible school in the church. Brother Amin is going to be preaching next week in his church. Started a Bible school there. Set up the Bible school. Now she is retired. We're waiting for her memoirs to be written. But all I'm saying is, she submitted herself to the leadership, to the church. And yes, maybe there were a few things wrong. The details perhaps needed to be worked out. But listen to me. God speaks through the church he moves he provides that's why time and again in the new testament the bible has all of these 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 analogies these metaphors for the church one of them is a body in the text that we read he said we are all different parts of the body some of us might be the toe the other one might be the ear but we're all part of the same body but if you cut off the toe guess what's going to happen to the toe the toe's going to die but the body can still heal and live don't cut yourself off just, and, and here listen we got to pray at home we got to be disciplined what if i told you your personal prayer time your, your private devotion was so that you could come to the church and add to the spiritual vitality and dimension so that you can minister to others so you can bless your brothers and sisters. This is not a solo thing. God called a community. The word ekklesia in the Greek means the called out ones. He calls us. He says, come on and gather together. Where there's power. Oh, I can't tell you. How many here lift up your hand if God's ever blessed you in the church? If he's ever healed you while you've been sitting here. If he's ever spoken to you hallelujah i'm telling you god's gonna do the same today whatever your needs are he's gonna meet your needs he's gonna come to you that's why i was so happy to see that team out there on the streets yesterday it wasn't just one person or two people even though that would have been enough but there was a team that went out on the streets it was the church taking the streets out What, what if we had 20 brother jacob What if we had 50, Brother Sione? What what if we had the whole church on the streets of Kamsi? Maybe we ought to do that. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, this is plan A and there's no plan B. Would you stand to your feet. I've got to stop. But God wants to bless somebody right now. He wants to heal you. Whatever your need is, there's something special that you feel here today. You need the filling, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, God can give it to you. This wonderful gift that can be yours if you hunger and thirst after it. If you want Him, He can fill you right now. Or simply, if you simply just want to repent, say, God, I want to make a fresh commitment to you, to your church. You got to make up your mind. Either this is your family or it's not. Either this is where you're going to commit yourself to, or we'll say, No, no, I'm committing to God. No. You, you can't commit to God without committing to his church. John said, you know, you can't say you love, you love God that you can't see and hate your brother that you cannot see, that you can see. He said, you're a liar. You're a liar if you say that. Your expression for God, your love for God is seen through the church. Hallelujah. There's four kinds of love, the storge, the eros, and the agape. But there's also phileo, which is a the love of a brother and a sister of my friends hallelujah we are living stones connected together would you lift your voices in prayer father in the name of jesus lord i thank you for what we're feeling here today thank you for your people for your church thank you lord that from two thousand years ago you birthed the church as it were you establish your kingdom to preach the gospel to encourage one another to find a place of belonging and, and, and fulfillment, of relationship, and of intimacy. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that your church is your means by which you are gonna redeem a lost world. I pray today, Lord, that we would open our hearts to you, that we would commit ourselves to gather with your people. Lord God, to gather together. Lord, the same word, Lord God, where you can pour out your blessings, the commanded blessings of God, of your spirit, of your healing, of virtue, of provision of anointing, Lord God, for our ministries, for what you called us to do. Lord God, let it be found and birthed in this place today in every heart. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. I want to open up this altar invite you to come, wherever you are, whatever your needs might be, to make a fresh commitment to to God through his people. We can know him more by knowing each other more. We can walk with him more as we walk with one another god reveals the facets of who he is through the facets of his people and his children hallelujah we are one body different members but yet comprising the one united together if you want to give your heart to the lord i want to invite you out of your seat to come and pray and seek his face let's be one together the spirit of the lord is here I feel the blessings pouring out that's been commanded. The blessings of provision. If you need a job, if you need help with finding a house, God can help you with all of your needs. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, you can be baptized today. We can baptize you in water so that you can can be renewed. Have your sins remitted. Be born again according to his word. Oh, hallelujah. The blessing is here. Let's seek the Lord together.
1: I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break